Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. Now, um, Pastor Matt has alluded to this before. We're streamlining a lot of stuff because when we start the gospel presentation and, and the worship and the offering and go right into some more word, we want to streamline everything. It's going to be important that you get one of these each week, each and every week, okay? They're out on the lobby desk. They're the bulletin. It gives you all sorts of information, okay? The prayer list, the urgent prayer request is here. Now, if Pastor Mike steps his toe, he's not going to be on the prayer list. You understand what I'm saying? But these are urgent needs, and we want you to take these home. <laughs> Sir? Yeah. We want you to take this home and pray over it during the week. That way you don't have to copy the names down, but you'll have it with you. And also, I, I can't remember if Pastor Matt had mentioned this or not, we are going to be receiving new members into the church next Sunday. If you're interested in joining the church, there are membership covenant packets out on the desk. Uh, there's an application for you to fill out, sign, and say you agree with this and this. But you'll get, if you'll get that back to me, the following week, I've had more than one person ask me about we're going to have a baptism yes. on the 26th. So if you're interested in that, you can. Now, the rest of that says to sign up, text baptism to 859-208-2489. Okay? Do that, and we'll get you there. As I start this message today, I want to remind you of Proverbs 18.21. Anybody know what it says? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. But I was putting this message together, and I thought to myself, you know, there's probably people that, that say, death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Because they're tired of hearing that. But I got to thinking, it's okay if you do that. Just don't have a bad attitude. Because I know you're getting it in your heart, you're in your spirit. Okay? What you say is important. <clears throat> How you say it is important. You can tell me you love me with a sarcastic attitude, and it'll go in here and right out that, right out that way. You know? And just for the record, on this sermon, I rebuke the spirit of selective hearing in the name of Jesus. And that covers both male and female, I'm just saying. I want to preach to you for a few minutes. Get going forward by hearing the word. Going forward by hearing the word. Father, thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, thank you that Darius has given his life to you. And Father... We thank you that the, the plan of the enemy for Darius' life ended at that moment that he gave his life to you. And your plan took right back up. Glory to God. Father, we thank you and we give you praise for the glory of God that's in this house in the name of Jesus. And the church said, amen. I want to first start off. Now, y'all know I, I'm the one that says, I'm sorry that I offend you. Okay? I, I just do that. But I do want to apologize to the apostle and the first lady and also to Pastor Matt. Because I've, I've, I've had something, I've, I've not done it right. Because I have taken what pa Pastor Matt has been preaching, the strategy that he's been preaching, and has it not just been from the throne of God? You can give the Lord a hand for that, that's all right. I mean, it is, and I believe it is, I believe. But you know what, I took... The strategy as the vision. And that's not right. Okay? The vision is not the strategy. It's part of the vision, but it's not the strategy. The picture out on the wall, anybody seen the picture out on the wall of the church? That's not the vision. Okay? 
the 12 and a half acres that we've got, that's not the vision. I want to tell you what the vision is, and it's found in Scripture. Believe that or not. Are you ready for this? Luke 14, 23, And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. Here it is. Here's the vision of this house, that my house may be filled. And what Pastor Matt has been doing from the beginning of the year God has been giving the strategy that the Apostle and Sister Hall have absolutely been correlating, collaborating with Pastor Matt on it, and we're all on board. We're all on board. And I'm going to put you on the spot. How many of you are on board? You've bought into the vision and the strategy. Okay, take a look. Keep your hand up. Take a look around you. Okay? So if you've bought in, you're targeted for a move of God that will surpass anything that you know of. So I apologize to them, but I'm glad that the Lord made that clear to me because the strategy is where you get involved. Amen? It's that we make sure the house is filled. Now, I'm getting a little ahead of myself in the sermon, so bear with me. You know, what we're going to ask you to do, make sure you get one of these. Take it home and pray over those needs. Make sure that you're aware of uh, different things that are going on. We're going to put them up there, and we're going to put them in here. That way we don't use that time to say over and over again the things that are going on. So keep that in mind. So take one of these. We're asking you to invite people to the house of the Lord. Okay, in one word, I need everybody's participation here. In one word, who's going to win the Super Bowl? I didn't hear one Chiefs at all. Did anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. There's one. Thank you. See? Who said what? Cowboys. Cowboys. Everybody stretch your hands right this way next to Nick. Somebody going tongues right now. But when the Super Bowl becomes more important than leading people to Jesus, we've got it wrong. Okay? It used to be, we have a fourth Sunday night service, and, and before the pandemic, we had every night, Sunday night service, and every year at Super Bowl, I'd always say, I hope your TV blows up if you don't leave church, you know, doesn't matter, but we're asking you to get involved, you that raised your hand said that you have bought in, it's time to put your marching boots on, okay, it is time for you to get down to business, okay, so as this strategy continues to develop, and I'm telling you, Pastor Matt could write a book about it. He really could because it's something that we could spread across the land. But the Bible says, compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Now, what happens? What happens if they come in here? And you know what we're asking you to do? We're asking you to come on up. Move on up. Make, make room for people back there because you know how it is. I was telling him in the early service, you know, when uh, Pastor Israel Davis was ordained as an apostle at his church in Lexington, Pastor Matt preached the word, and Pastor and Sister Hall were there, and I wanted to go just to be a part of it, so I went, I think, I, I don't know if I was late or not, but anyway, yeah, I had to have been late, because they had started the service already, so I must have been late, so I, I slept, or, or snuck in the back and sat in the back, which is where I wanted to stay, I wanted to stay in the back, you know? Well, so Pastor and Sister Hall were up front, and Pastor Matt was there. Well, I'm standing there. Here comes this lady. She comes, and she escorts me to the front row with Pastor and Sister Hall, and I wanted to sit in the back. 
And it made me feel a little bit uncomfortable just because I wanted to stay in the back and, and all that. Imagine how people that we're going to invite to the house of the Lord that are not saved, that don't look as pretty as we do and don't smell like we do and don't wear the clothes like we do. You that are listening over social media, I don't care what you wear. I don't care how you smell like. I don't care what you look like. You're welcome at Church of the Living God at 114 Franklin Avenue. And I'm going to go a step further. If you are bound by alcohol, drugs, or anything else, we will do our best to get you free from that. If we have to, spiritually, we can handle it. If we can't handle it spiritually, we'll direct you to the right places to go for you to be set free. And that's for anybody in this house. Amen. Amen. So what we need you to do is to move up. When are we going to start doing that? I'm real tempted to say, hey, will you get up now? But I'm not going to do that. But if you'll start next week moving up, let's fill up the front rows. And I was going to say this till the end. As a matter of fact, it was on my page four, I believe. But I'm going to go right to it because it, it was such a thing. John Maxwell, I get his minute with Maxwell things every day. He is a leadership guru. Okay. And how, how many knows that if you've written 30 million books, you're a leadership guru? I mean, uh, he I sold 30 million. I've written 30 million. He sold 30 million books. John, John Maxwell. This is what he said. He said... If you want something bad enough, you'll get on the front row. See, he, anybody know who Zig Ziglar is? Go ahead and show your age, lift your hands. Okay, Zig Ziglar, great influencer, great motivational speaker, a Christian. He, he was an influencer in John Maxwell's life. And John Maxwell went, back, went, went to see him back in the 70s, and I guess he paid the admission price, whether it was general seating. In Winter Jam general seating, somebody tell me. Winter Jam, for the most part. And you know how they do? They all rush to get there to get the best seats. I said they all rush. I'm making a hint right here. They all rush to get the best seats because I'm telling you, there's going to be a day at 9 o'clock at 114 Franklin Avenue, at 10 o'clock during Sunday school, and 11 o'clock, people are going to be rushing to get the best seats in the house. I'm, tell, I'm prophesying that to you right now. Okay? So he went to Zig Ziglar. Well, it was general seating. He got there three hours early. And sat right on the front row. And he made that statement. I'm going I'm to give it to you again. He made that statement that if you want something bad enough, you'll get on the front row. The question is, my God, the question is, do we want the harvest bad enough? Do we want the harvest bad enough? Yes, I want my healing. Yes, I want my finances taken care of. Yes, I want. But do we want the harvest bad enough? Do you know what that word compel means? Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. Do you know what that means? It means force. Force them to come in. Do you know what the other word in means? The other word that it means? It means to threaten them. I'm not kidding. You go back to the original and you threaten them. Now, I dare say if you take the baseball bat, you say, you're coming to church with me. <laughs> Which we ought to do to some of our kids. Say amen, lights. Go ahead. Say amen. Not with the baseball bat. You understand what I'm saying, though. Listen, my boys, they'll attest to you. My boys did not have any other option but to come to church. Okay, if they felt bad enough, dad stayed home because mom played the piano. But I'm telling you, nine times out of ten, they had sniffles and all that stuff in the house of God because there was no other alternative. And, and, and 
you know, there, there's, op, there's times when they get up and get married and move, make their own decisions. And you ain't got squat to say about it. I still don't like it. I'm just saying. <laughs> but while we, they were in my house, they went to church. There, there was no other option. There was, wasn't even, a, are we going to go to church? You know, Angie and I never looked at each other and said, we're going to go to church tonight. I don't know, you want to go to church tonight? No. Oh, but you're a pastor and she's the piano player. Let me tell you something. Before I was a pastor, before I was a, a, a youth minister, before I was anything in the church, I loved the house of God. I mean, when I was 12 and Ed Toller was, I mean, I was 16 and Ed Toller was 12, we was playing a ping pong, ball, a ping pong in the fellowship hall. Pastor Richard, when they had the accordion separators, you know, remember those? Anybody remember those? They had the accordion separators in the fellowship where you had different classes. I was playing ping pong. I mean, I, I sit in Connie Curtis's office in the nursery. Now, you know where the nursery is? That nursery used to be two offices, the secretary's and the pastor's office. I was there one Saturday typing up something just because I wanted to be at the church and use the church's typewriter. When I got a call on Saturday morning and I said, Church of God or whatever it is, I said, and he said, hello, this is William H. Morgan. I'm your new pastor. I got that call. But my point is, is I love the church. But we've got to love the harvest more than we love the church. The only thing, only person that we love more than we love, and, and understand, I'm, I'm including family stuff, more than anything, we love him. And, but we've got to love the harvest. And let me tell you something. The way you'll be able to tell if you love the harvest is when they come to you, oh, Jesus, help me. You don't have an attitude that you're better than they are. See, my eyes are closed. Now I'm going to say it with my eyes open. You don't have an attitude better than they are. Yeah. I heard of someone say one time, the only time that you look down on somebody is when you're extending a hand to, to help them up. Yeah. Amen. I'm talking about going forward by hearing the word. So many people, so many people have decided that church is a byproduct of their life. So many people. And I don't get it. I don't get it. It is our life. Christ is our life than the church. You understand what I'm saying? We never get it out. We don't ever want to get it out of order. Church cannot be, Jesus cannot be a, pro, a byproduct of my life. If he is not everything, he's not anything. Still love me? And I appreciate that, but it don't matter. I'm going to preach it anyway. Because we have been given a mandate from the glory world. Understand that. We have been given a vision. This man has been given it. Oh, it's been 20, 25 years. Yes, it has. And it's closer than it's ever been before. Amen. Amen. I'm talking about going forward by hearing the word. You've got to be involved in this thing. Now, listen, if you've not made the decision yet, that's okay. But we want you to make the decision quickly because we ain't got much time. Do you think this outpouring at Asbury is just a, a byproduct of something? No. God had it on his calendar some 2,000 years ago. And can I tell you that what's happening in Asbury can happen here? And what has happened in Asbury can change this city. Understand what I'm saying, right? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. It says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. And I just threw them for a loop in the back. For the preaching of the cross, 
The preaching is a weighty saying, okay? Preaching, a weighty saying, that means the words are important. I told you at the beginning, death and life are in the power of the tongue, right? Okay, your word is one of the most important things that you have. I'm talking about after Christ. I'm talking about after your spouse and your family. But your word and your time are two of the most important things that you have. If you give your word, do it. If you tell somebody, I'll meet you here at such and such time as this, and, and we'll take care of this, do it. So many people say that they're going to do things, and they don't do them. And what will happen is if we do that, now there are times where things come up. You know, I'll tell Pastor Richard, I'll, he'll ask me to do something, and I'll say, sure, I'll get it done. And for some reason, I couldn't do it. I'll, I'll go to, listen, I'll go to him and explain to him why I didn't do it. Why? Because he deserves that. Keep your word. Why should I do that? Because Jesus did. Jesus kept his word. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. The weighty saying of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Okay? And that word foolishness, foolishness means ridiculously or ridiculous or wildly unreasonable. And doesn't that sound like today's culture? They look at you when you start talking about Jesus, they look at you with 12 eyes like you got 12 heads. That's the reason. The strategy, strategy, strategy starts off for you and for me in the secret place. This whole thing starts off with that secret place because we have to get to a point to where our attitude is about Him. Our thoughts are about Him. Our words are about Him. Because when He changes us in the secret place, what does the Bible say? He'll reward us openly. And with what you ask in the secret place, God, help me to witness to that person. And I told, I've said this before. When the word said in red, Jesus said, pray for them that despitefully use you, he meant it. I don't like it. I don't like to be used. I don't like to be made fun of. I don't like to be talked down to. But more times than one, I've seen somebody put something on Facebook, and my, I'll tell my wife about it. She'll say, no, don't, don't, don't you do it. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Don't. Listen, husbands, if we'd listen more to our wives, we'd be smarter men. She said, preach, I thought I'd get one amen. I didn't get one female amen out of that. I'm telling you, there's been more times that my wife said, don't, don't. And I'm talking about I've had a book to post. I was ready to hit submit, Christian. Ready to hit that button. And I ended up deleting it. Because when you go to the secret place, he changes you. He doesn't change himself. He doesn't necessarily change the people, Taylor, that you're going to come in contact with. He changes you. So when we look at people and we try to proclaim the gospel, they think it's ridiculous. They think it is, and, and the word is, wildly unreasonable. Are you telling me that I have to become a slave to Jesus Christ? 
you're either a slave to him or you're a slave to sin. And I don't know about you, but I want my Lord and Savior to be Jesus Christ and not sin. Amen. I'm talking about going forward by hearing the word. That's the reason it's important for you to be in the house of God. That's the reason it doesn't need to be, oh, Jesus. It doesn't need to, you don't need to be a CEO of religion. Christmas and Easter only. Some of you will get that Tuesday, then you'll either smack me or laugh, one of the two. The Bible says in him we live, we move, and have our being. And the church is part of that. Amen. I'm going to go a little bit further. Jesus knew it was important that what you say is you keep your word. Can you imagine if he didn't keep his word? Can you imagine if he said, I'll go with you all the way to the end, and he didn't keep his word? You'll get to a point, you'll get to a point to where you're walking along this journey and you're thinking he's right beside him and all hell's coming against you and he's right here. And what happens if you get to this point and you're still walking and he stopped right back there? But Jesus is a man of his word. He said, I'll go with you all the way to the end. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Watch this. He did not put restrictions on it. He didn't say, if you'll act like this, I'll go with you. He said, he didn't say, if you don't do this, I'll go with you. He said, I'll go with you all the way to the end. Hmm. Here's a check in my spirit. You that are in here, and you have felt like you've been all alone, and you have felt like nobody cares, and you felt like God has abandoned you, the Lord has sent this pastor to tell you that God loves you, and he's never once left you, and he's with you right now. My God. Listen, I don't think Darius was the only one in this house that needs to be saved today. Well, he's saved, he's got saved, so you know what I mean. God loves you. Yeah, but you don't know what I've done. I don't care. God loves you. And, and, and one thing that I will always, you know, you always want to ask in heaven, which when you get there, it ain't going to matter, so you're not going to ask it anyway, is how come, God, you can forget, but people can't? I've always wondered that. Well, and if they don't, you know, I'll forgive you, but I'll never forget it. That's not forgiveness. You've not forgiven them. I've I, I just decided that when the Lord gives it to me, I'm going to preach it because we are way past sugarcoating the gospel, Okay. The Bible says there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shine. Well, I don't believe, Pastor Mike, there is a hell. Well, that, you know, that's your privilege. You can believe whatever you want to. Thank God we still live in a free country. You can believe that if you want to. Always, listen, always play the what-if game. Okay? Someone comes to you and says, okay, I don't believe there's a hell. I don't believe there's a devil. I don't believe blah, 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 blah. Okay, I, I'll say, okay. If you're right, then I'm okay. I'll live a good life. I'll only sleep with my wife. I won't get any kind of disease or anything of that nature. I'll be the best father to my children and a greater granddad to my grandchildren. And I'll be fine if you're right. But what if you're wrong? Are you willing to bank your family's life on it? 
What if you're wrong? I'm talking about going forward by hearing the word. Remember when there was the woman at the well? And gentlemen, I'm sorry, I'm, I know I'm jumping not according to, the, to what I give you. Remember the woman at the well? She had been married how many times? Five. Elizabeth Taylor was married eight or nine. Who's Elizabeth Taylor? Most people are saying, go Google it. But the woman at the well had been married five. As a matter of fact, women like her didn't associate with the other women that went at the regular time. And the one she was living with was not her husband. If you're living with your girlfriend or your boyfriend, it's time to get married. And I do that because if you're living with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, I, I don't want you to think I'm pointing you out specifically, but the Lord knows who is going to be here. And it's time we got it right, church. It's time we got it. Married five times, and the one she was living with was six times. You remember the story Pastor gave when he was a, a clerk at, at the convenience store? This one lady said she'd come in and slept with 86 men. And she told Pastor Hall, you can be number 87. And he looked at her with one of the most godly answers I've ever heard. I wouldn't wear someone else's shoes 87 times. <laughs> but you know what? If you're, if you're here and you're that person that slept with 86 men or 86 women, God still loves you. You know what? He's, you know, what happens is people get to the point where they're using church as a byproduct, and I'm still preaching about going forward by hearing the word, but people are, are they use church as a byproduct, and they use it as a social club. I'll come when I want to. I'll give when I want to. I'll be there when I want to. I, I want to tell you something, okay? Breaking news. Church of the Living God is not a social club. We're a hospital for the sick. We're a soul-saving station for those that need to be saved. And we will accomplish the vision through the strategy that has been given. Amen. Amen. So people tell you, well, you know, I'm just as good as you are, and you may very well be. I'm, are you ready for this? I may just be good, as good as you are. But none of that matters to him. What matters is, has the blood been applied to your life? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Well, we all sin a little bit every day. That is not true. Now, I didn't say I didn't. I didn't say you didn't. But we don't have to sin every day. How do you know that, Pastor Mike? How, how in the world do you know that? Woman at the well. Okay? You remember the lady that was caught in the very act of adultery? I mean, first of all, she was caught in the very act. But she was caught in the very act by the pastors and the rabbis and all those that day. So my first question is, okay, rabbi, pastor, stuff, what are you doing watching? Oh, let's just get down to brass tacks, shall we? So the, the law, the law said she needed to be stoned because she was committing adultery. And, you know, one of the first things I want to say is, okay, what about the man? Yeah, yeah, right. So they all had stones in their hand. Remember, people say we sin more or less every day. 
I'm saying you don't have to. They had stones in their hand. They were legally going to stone that woman to death because of what she had done. And Jesus, he didn't rush over and grab her up in his arms. He didn't rush over and look at them and... He bent down to the dirt and started writing in the sand. My first thought would be, hey, listen, hey, they're going to stone me, hey. But he started writing. And he looked at those people. And I honestly believe he had love in his eyes. You that are without sin, you cast the first stone. One by one, they started dropping. To the point that Jesus looked at the woman and he said, woman, where are thy accusers? And then what did he say? He said, go and sin no more. The devil's lied to you. Saying that you have to sin a little bit every day. The devil's lied to you. I'm talking about going forward by hearing the word. Going forward by hearing the word. Let me give you a little bit more. Why is it important to know his word? And, and, and understand this. Hearing the word, the original meaning of that is instruction, mainly all. That's the reason it's important for you to be in services like this. That's the reason it's going to be a gospel message, an offering and stuff, and then the message for the regular, quote, folks, is so that there's instruction time so that you can know what to do. And I encourage you, as a matter of fact, I expect you that anything I say behind this pulpit, you, line, you see if it's in the Word of God and if it lines up to the Word. And I'm telling you, if it don't, throw it out and come to me and say, hey, Pastor Mike, what about this? I didn't see this. That's not going to offend me at all because it's got to be in the Word of God. In the book of Luke, talking about people that say there's no hell, Sixteen, twenty-three, twenty-four, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus, Lazarus in his bosom, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented, tormented in this flame. Hell's real, but so is heaven. So is heaven. We've got so many people vested in heaven. So many people. The Bible says in Jeremiah twenty two twenty nine, it says, O earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. Now, I'm convinced when the word earth is there three times, it's for emphasis. So I encourage you to hear this word. Romans 10, 17 says, For them by faith cometh by hearing instruction, mainly oral, and hearing by the word of God. You ready for this one? John 1, 1 and 5. In the beginning was the, and the, was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. You maybe think you're living without Jesus Christ, but you've never lived till you give your life to him, and the church said, in him was life, and the light, life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. The word 
There means a weighty saying. It's important what you say. It's important how you say it. And it's important that you minister to those that comes across your path. Let me give you another one. Psalm 138, verse 2. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. You want to know how important the word of God is? God has, has put it up above his name. It's important that you know the word. It's important that you read the word. It's important that you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit through the Word. Well, the Holy Spirit told me this, okay? Here's a good indication. The Bible says to try the spirits to see if they are of God, okay? And the best way to try a spirit, if you're not sure, see if it's in the Word of God. If you think the Holy Spirit's telling you to leave your wife and go with another woman, well, first of all, you're dead wrong. And number two, line it up with the Word of God. If it does not line up with the Word of God, it ain't God. And it ain't hard. And you don't have to have a degree to know that. I'm talking about going forward by knowing the Word, by hearing the Word, by practicing the Word. Let me give you a couple of more scriptures. I'll be done. Watch this. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now listen to the original wording. For my plan, my purpose, watch this, my invention and my device are not yours. It's not your plan. And your... I pray you hear this. I pray those across social media will hear this. Everybody under the sound of my voice. God has a specific plan for your life. He has a specific purpose for your life. When I felt led to go back to Darius, I said, stand up. Because I was too old to bend over. <laughs> not too old, but you know, it's easier for him to stand up. Because I wanted to hug him. I just wanted to hug him. And, and, and let, me, let, me, let me tell you this, Darius. It's not to embarrass you. I didn't go back necessarily to ask you if you wanted to be saved. But then the Lord started speaking to him. And I told him, I said, God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. Parents, do not give up on your children. Do not give up on your grandchildren. I don't care how obstinate, how ugly they try to be. You're getting through. So God has a plan. He has a purpose. And he says, my ways are not your ways. My ways are higher than your ways. My journey, my direction. Watch this. My manner, the way you say things. My habit. Did you know God has habits? What are your habits? Oh, well, let's not talk about that. God's habits are higher than your habits. You know what I want to know? I want to know what God's habits are so I can have those. I'm talking about going forward by hearing the word. Go forward by going ahead and buying into the vision. The vision is what? That my house may be filled. The strategy is what? And, and Pastor Matt alluded to this more by moving up. You know, by taking the card, and we've got, we'll have more out next week, but those cards out there that have the church's name, address, and all that stuff, 
Take several of those, hand them out. Don't put them on your coffee table. Don't put them in the trunk of the car. Use them. If you're not going to use them, don't take them. But if you can use them, we'll buy more. We'll get an even prettier picture on there. But we've got to make sure that we have bought into the vision of the house. Do you remember, and, and, and some of you will remember this, because understand this, that the vision that God has given the man of God, the apostle of this region, and he is an apostle because he's been sent by God specifically for this region. And I'll go a step further. I think it's, it's for this nation, and, not, and, and if not the world. But several things that he shared over the years, and I'm going to bring some of this back to you all's remembrance. You remember the time when he, he made the comment and he prophesied that the Lord showed him in the church that there would be paupers worshiping next to millionaires in the house, which means people that have lots of money and people don't have lots of money, which means it ain't going to matter if you got the money and you don't. It's that we worship God together. That's part of the vision. That's part of what God showed Pastor Hall. Number two, you remember the time that he, he, he's evidently in prostrate on the, on the platform? And he looked up and he saw the people. And they were bloodied, battered, and bruised. And that's how they're going to come to us, church. They're going to have so many things that have happened to them or through them. It's going to take a process. Sometimes salvation is a process. There are people that have to come and come and come for the Lord to prepare their heart for them to give their life to them. Listen, I don't expect Darius to be perfect, but I do expect him to call when he needs help. And if he don't, I'm coming after you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If nothing else, I'll sit on you. I'm just saying. Now, see, I can say that to him because I've known him, all, seems like, almost all of his life. But they're going to come to us like that, church. And let me tell you something. Hear me. Hear me. As we get our greeters team back together and parking lot attendants and all that sort of thing, hear me. You do not have a second chance to make a first impression. If you have an attitude of somebody walking up and they don't smell like you, don't look like you, don't talk like you, and you give the attitude of you're better than they are, you might as well forget it. The sermon ain't going to change them. The singing ain't going to change them. The only thing that will be able to change them at that point is the presence of God because they will forget everything else and they'll remember that person who opened the door or the parking lot attendant or the person in the sanctuary that looked down at them. But they were blue, bruised, battered, and bloodied. And, and Pastor Hall dropped his head and the Holy Spirit spoke to him. And he said, look again. And he looked at them again and they were healthy and whole and in their right mind, in their garments of white. I want to tell you, church, that's what the gospel will do. That's what the gospel will do. And I don't mean to hold you long, but let me give you one more. He was driving along Lexington Road, going toward Lexington. He was almost to the county line. All of a sudden, he saw this line of hobos. You know hobos, they had the stick and had the little bag of stuff on their back. There were hobos. And the Lord spoke to him and said, that's the devil's walking out of Clark County. You hear me? That's the devil's walking out of Clark County. Stand with me, would you please?
Thank you for listening today to the Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.